0: Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. The other day, the President of the United States of America, Donald Trump Sr., announced that an emergency use authorization had been granted by The Food and Drug Administration, the FDA. This for a new wonder drug, mispronouncing it, no doubt, remdesivir, courtesy of Gilead Sciences. This to treat the coronavirus. Now, this was rushed, if you will, through the FDA, fast-tracked understandably so, made a top priority. We will see what comes of this. Gilead Sciences stated that they would continue to test this drug. But, again, it has been approved, if you will, on a very special basis, an emergency use authorization for, again, remdesivir or something to that effect from Gilead Sciences. Meanwhile, President Trump's administration, his officials have been pushing the intelligence community to discover evidence to support the theory that this coronavirus originated actually, factually, from a communist regime laboratory in Wuhan, Hubei Province, China. They are thinking that it was accidentally released, disseminated. No mention of possibility that it could have been intentional, but rather that it either came about through what has been thought to be the source, that is, Contact, human contact with infected creatures. They say animals, I say creatures, bats and such, such as described in that article from the Wall Street Journal that was published on April 9th. But then the other possibility being that there was an accident at this laboratory in Wuhan, Hubei Province, China, that was mentioned in that article, in that investigative journalism article. But no mention of a possibility of there being intentional infection, intentional dissemination. Of course. I mean, it couldn't be, because after all, a great many people in communist China who were citizens, if you will, <laughs> citizens of a communist regime. A little hard for me to get wrap my mind around that. But, in other words, not travelers from abroad, but Chinese, from mainland China. A great many of them contracted it, and many died from it. So, obviously, it could not have been deliberately released, deliberately disseminated. Of course, (laughs) if you know anything about communist China's history, you know that you cannot eliminate that possibility. It is entirely plausible. It gives them plausible deniability. But I've spoken concerning that previously, (laughs) that again, that is a very real possibility, and it is not one being spoken about by the intelligence community. A senior United States intelligence official just yesterday said that there were two scenarios being examined. One, again, That the coronavirus, the novel coronavirus, was spread via human contact with infected animals, creatures. Or the other being that it was the result of a laboratory accident. And that there was evidence to support both of those scenarios. That was yesterday. Meanwhile, No speculation of a possibility, of a microscopic possibility that communist China could have done this deliberately. No, no, no possibility. But moving on, United States officials against, again, this is Trump administration top officials. They are, Beginning to explore proposals for how to go about demanding financial compensation from communist China for its mishandling of the coronavirus pandemic. They Apparently began mapping out strategies a couple days ago now. Strategies for retaliatory measures against communist China. The intelligence community is involved. But there's a double edged sword here is, that has been being demonstrated now for years, and that is with reference to tariffs and what have you, levied against communist China, and then communist China retaliating, and it doing net damage to the United States of America. So, nonetheless, President Trump soldiers on, and he desires to establish that Communist China is to blame for the coronavirus pandemic, not just for it happening there, but for failing to inform the international community, failing to tell the truth, covering it up, and so forth, and thereby exacerbating the spread of the coronavirus and COVID nineteen. Meanwhile, great news from the communist regime family business of North Korea with an apparent reappearance of Kim Un. Kim Jong-un. Yes. And it was at such an important occasion, too. Yes, he made this public appearance at a completion ceremony of a fertilizer plant. Now, there is fertilizer and fertilizer, but permit me, poetic license, to refer to this as a dung hill, if you will. Obviously, much more high-tech than that. But he comes out for that. He shows himself there for that, for this completion ceremony of this dung facility, dung plant, dung hill. Curious that this should bring him out into the public eye, given that he did not bother to show up for the Day of the Sun celebrations dedicated to, to the exaltation of his grandfather, the founder of North Korea. That's right. Minor little matter like that, you know, that he managed to miss. That was on April 14th. It is the biggest holiday, as if there are any holy days in North Korea. But it's the biggest holiday there. And it marks the birthday of his grandfather, Kim Il-sung. Again, the founder of the communist regime of North Korea. He missed that, but he managed to make it for (laughs) this ceremony at a dung facility, if you will. Curious, don't you think? I think perhaps it stands to reason that there was something amiss with Kim Jong-un. Something, you know. Oh, it's been speculated he was just trying to keep a low profile, stay away from any possible infection with coronavirus. But of course, North Korea's propaganda ministry continues to put out the messages that they have no cases of coronavirus, no cases of COVID-19 whatsoever throughout the communist regime of North Korea. Well, who happens to be in charge of that propaganda, so-called ministry? None other than Kim Yo-jong, little sister of Kim Jong-un. Yes, it's true. But anyway, all is well with the world because Kim Jong-un has appeared. Kim Jong-un has appeared. Well, dear Kim Jong-un, best friend for life with President Donald Trump Sr. He is, of course, buddies, pals with Dennis Rodman, Rodman, Rodham, Rodman. No relation to Hillary Rodham Clinton. But Dennis Rodman. But buddies, pals, (laughs) you know, besties. But honestly, I think this is good news. I do think it's good news. Seriously, I think it's good news that Kim Jong-un is still hanging in there. Okay, he's still, still on this earth instead of part of the fertilizer at the fertilizer plant. I think that's a good thing. And the reason I think it's a good thing is this. Is that even though he is a vicious, monstrous destroyer when he's not being, you know, the stand-up comedian playboy. But his sister, in my view, again, given limited information. I am not privy to the great information of the United States intelligence community. But given the limited information that I have at my disposal, I believe that she is as vicious, as ruthless, as her very chubby, corpulent older brother but is much more serious and therefore deadlier. But anyway, I guess no need for speculation about whether a woman is going to be in charge of the North Korean regime right at this point in time. But I assure you it could definitely happen in the future, regardless what the experts may say to the contrary definitely could happen meanwhile in adjoining former communist soviet union russia prime minister mikhail mishustin he has stated publicly that he has tested positive for the novel coronavirus you know it's almost like it's a badge not of courage but a badge of celebrity to have been infected with this. Have you noticed that? Various different celebrities and other such people, VIPs proudly announcing that they are infected, that they've tested positive. Well, here are the Russian prime minister. He has announced that he has tested positive. Who knows? But meanwhile, at the White House, Kaylee McEnany, or whichever pronunciation she prefers, McEnany, McEnany, she delivered her first press briefing, her first presser. Very exciting. Not just because it's her first, but because it's the first one that has been delivered there in more than a year, because her predecessor, Stephanie Grisham, never conducted a press briefing. Kaylee, among other things, she stated that she and the new White House press and communications teams, plural, that were crafted by the new chief of staff, that they are currently figuring out how best to disseminate information to the public. Quote, What is the best mode for the public to receive information at this time? End quote. How about by tweets? You know, just feed it to us by Twitter. By all means, you know, that's the best way. That's the president's favorite way. But I found it so heartening that Kaylee, she stated categorically, quote, now she was, before I get to the quote, she was asked about honesty in the role of press secretary. This has been asked of, you know, every incoming press secretary for ages. But she was asked about that and she said, quote, I will never lie to you. You have my word on that, end quote. Is that something we can take to the bank right there? I will never lie to you. You have my word on that, end quote. Of course she said all manner of fascinating things uh, in her capacity as uh, press secretary communications director for Trump 2020 the re-election campaign which she was diverted from she was tapped for this position the new White House Chief of Staff felt it was more critically important to employ her inestimable abilities, talents, skills, and lovely appearance at the White House during these trying days rather than her continuing... With the reelection campaign, that this was the most important, vital use for her to assist the president, to enable him to be reelected, rather than working directly with the reelection campaign. I think that was a very wise decision if she's able to handle this adequately. And I expect she will be able to. But this matter, back to her quote, back to her promise, her word, her vow, her oath. I will never lie to you. You have my word on that. Does that mean she will never repeat lies? That she will never pass along lies? That she will never pass along lies? Misinformation, disinformation. Does it include that? Does it mean that? Well, I must say I am skeptical. Pardon me, but I am skeptical. Meanwhile, concerning little matters of honesty and integrity, Tara Reid. Lovely woman, former United States Senate staffer. She served Senator Joseph Biden while he was in the U.S. Senate. And back in 1993, according to her, she was sexually assaulted by the Democrat presidential all-but-nominee. She has so stated. There are many other women who have claimed misconduct by Joe Biden. Tara Reid had complained, complained many times about sexual harassment, made many Many statements, charges to that effect. But here, she has declared that he sexually assaulted her. Now, he has vociferously denied it. That it never happened. Well, I thought it was interesting that Mika Brzezinski said the following to him. She interviewed Joe Biden. She said, quote, Why is it real for Dr. Ford but not for Tara Reid? End quote. MSNBC's Mika Brzezinski. Now she questioned Biden multiple times about his response to Dr. Christine Blasey Ford her allegations that she made of sexual assault against Brett Kavanaugh, Supreme Court justice nominee, that this purportedly took place back in their high school days. But again, Mika said, quote, why is it real for Dr. Ford? but not for Tara Reid. end quote. I thought that was (laughs) prescient, Uh, remarkably so, for Mika Brzezinski. Meanwhile, Mika, she has taken the Fox News various hosts to task for being puppets of President Donald Trump most egregiously with reference to what they have stated concerning the coronavirus. Mika, I would have to agree again on both counts. I just have to. But, meanwhile, a well-known CNN host... Anderson Cooper. Oh, there was happy news that was declared just yesterday that Anderson Cooper is a daddy. How is that possible for sodomite Anderson Cooper? Well, apparently this feat was accomplished via some incredibly foolish woman who served as a surrogate. Now, perhaps you wouldn't view that as being a mark of bad character. Perhaps. Perhaps you would say, what's wrong with that? carrying a baby for a sodomite, enabling a sodomite to be a daddy. What's wrong with that? That's a wonderful thing. She should receive some sort of good citizenship medal. I guarantee you that if Barack Hussein Obama was still in the White House, that would be a very real possibility. And if Joe Biden, Obama's veep, gets into the White House, maybe he will follow through with such a thing as that. Something to look forward to. But, Anderson said, as a gay kid, I never thought it would be possible to have a child. And I'm so grateful for those who paved the way. Yes, well, it never should have been possible. (laughs) But, but, Courtesy of this unimaginably foolish woman. And that's the kindest way I can put it. He is a daddy. Sodomite Anderson Cooper. Yes. Before I continue, let me just say this. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. And whatever is right and true and good in these programs is thanks to God Almighty and His Holy Son, Jesus Christ. Whatever is lacking, erring, deficient, that is on me. That is due to me. That is my fault. That is my failure. Hold me responsible. Not God Almighty and His Holy Son, Jesus Christ. But back to Anderson Cooper, CNN host, proudly sodomite, you know, a poster child for the sodomite agenda in the United States of America and worldwide. And in celebration of this great event that this incredible woman has chosen to be a vessel for a <laughs> uh, for a child for Anderson Cooper. Deliberately, intentionally, premeditatedly, what have you, to degrade herself, to prostitute herself, to do this. Whether there was any money exchanged or anything else, it just is unimaginable, or it should be. But you see, medical technology has enabled all manner of evils during these times in which we dwell on this earth. And the sodomites are making very heavy use. In addition to doing monstrous evil to children. But the times that are coming, that are drawing near, will ironically put an end to all of these evils, to these myriad evils of these most depraved, degraded times in which we dwell on this earth. But the Sodomites, they will march on until they march over the edge like so many lemmings led by the likes of Anderson Cooper, poster boy, for their evil agendas, blind (laughs) to the futility of their rebellion against God Almighty, ultimately, and with so many cheerleaders before them. Political leaders, great ones, media leaders, it is too exciting. And so Anderson Cooper gets to play daddy. But with regard to that, with regard to the sodomite agenda that has been pushed and promoted, has been now for decade upon decade upon decade, which is the only reason it has reached the place that it has. The only reason that it was able to bring this case before the United States Supreme Abominable Court and to receive this supremely abominable decision stating that sodomites can marry even though It is a physical impossibility, a sexual impossibility, a spiritual impossibility, a total lie, sham, fraud, outrage. Apart from the spiritual, moral outrage, it is an utter, total, laughable, obscene mockery of marriage. But then again, the battle cry forever in a day among the sodomite community, males and females, was marriage is legalized rape. This was not only a mantra of the sodomites' but of all feminists, whether they were sodomite or otherwise, that marriage was legalized rape. But then, in the interest of pushing their agenda to defile and desecrate marriage and family, they had to go for it. They had to go for being permitted this legal fiction to marry. <laughs> Takes me back again to Adolf Hitler. Yes, back to Adolf. The Hitler Youth, Hitler's Jugend. Hitler knew that if you reached the young people, then very soon, You got the world. Adolf Hitler said, quote, let me control the textbooks and I will control the state. Another variation on that would be let me institute so-called sex education throughout all the public schools. Let me bring about this massive, pervasive indoctrination of the young, of the impressionable, targeted at subverting them, corrupting them, seducing them, perverting them, brainwashing them, defiling and desecrating them. Engaging in behavior modification on a massive, pervasive scale. And they will be mine. I will be in charge of their minds, of their thinking, of their beliefs. Dear Adolf, he said, quote, This new state will give its youth to no one, but will itself take youth and give to youth its own education and its own upbringing. Like the education and upbringing that so many children have suffered in the United States of America. And in every free nation. And like the extra-curricular, para-school education, and upbringing that Anderson Cooper and his hubby will provide for this baby boy. Adolf Hitler again, quote, Your child belongs to us already. What are you? End quote. All the way back, at the very beginning of 1933, Adolf Hitler took over Germany. Then he took over the young people. He shut down the Christian schools. Oh, but I thought that he just, you know, went after the Jews. He shut down the Christian schools. He required all youth to go to public schools. And by 1940, these young people were in his army. In the United States of America and in all of the so-called free worlds, Public education is used to corrupt, to pervert, to subvert, to overthrow, to indoctrinate, to modify the behavior, the thinking, the believing, and the behavior stemming from that of all of the young people, all the children and all of the young people. Once upon a time long ago, I used to think and say that if you weren't corrupted by the time you left high school, you would be by the time you left college, referring to undergraduate school in college, in universities. Those days are long gone. Now it's, if you're not corrupted by the time you leave grade school, you will be by the time you leave junior high school or middle school. Because of how horrible the influence is, throughout public education, and throughout so very much of private education. It's small wonder that Betsy DeVos has been under such withering attack the entire time that she has served in the Trump administration. She has been targeted for destruction the whole time she's been there. All these wonderful, loving, tolerant, bipartisan Democrats have savaged her. But (laughs) just, just wonderful. They're so loving, so caring. And I apologize. I may have misspoken with reference to her first name. I can't remember right off the bat whether that's her name or her mother's name. But she has done a service to this nation. And it has been under very trying circumstances. Oh, I know. I know the latest charges with reference to the coronavirus epidemic and so forth. But, as I've said before, despite how lacking this president is, it doesn't change the fact that his administration, has done more good than any presidential administration in ages. Simply not to do evil is an enormous improvement over the administrations of Barack Hussein Obama and his VP Joe Biden and William Jefferson Clinton and his co-president Hillary Rodham Clinton and his veep Albert Arnold Gore Jr. But fascinating what people will imagine. But going back to this matter of these charges against Joe Biden. Joe Biden, who has been described as having extremely high integrity, you know, by various Democrat poll cats, extremely high integrity, outstanding integrity. And, of course, there are many followers, supporters of the incumbent president that undoubtedly would say the same thing about him. What it comes down to is this, really, is that voters across the United States of America will have the opportunity to vote for one of two men, neither one of which has outstanding integrity. Now, yes, there may be somebody else in the mix. You know, a couple different names have been floated. Mark Cuban, the billionaire, multi-billionaire, and so forth. There could be others in the mix come election day. Very likely will be. Very likely. But to try to select whom to vote for on the basis of their integrity will be extremely challenging. I suggest that perhaps you should use some other criteria than integrity, than personal integrity, than personal morality, than righteousness and godliness, than godly wisdom because you won't find it among anyone of the front runners. You just won't. So if you're going to be insisting on someone who has godly character, godly integrity, oh, wait a minute. Donald Trump, he said, I'm a Christian. You know, he famously said that when he was saying that pastors and so forth, they should hold off on having services for Resurrection Sunday otherwise known as Easter. Well, saying you're this or saying you're that doesn't make you this or that. But godly wisdom requires fear of God. I know... (laughs) We're not supposed to fear God, right? Well, in this program, it's not something I normally refer to, unlike in other programs that I do. But, absent the fear of the Lord, there is not the tiniest, most minuscule beginning or modicum of godly wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And absent that, there is none. And this president is utterly devoid of that. So too his opponents. But the presidential race... It matters. And unfortunately, the situation is that there is not a worthy individual. Now, I'm saying this without knowing who the vice presidential running mate will be for Joe Biden. I don't care who it is. You know, nobody, None of the names that have been floated are worthy, are fit to be president, ever. (laughs) Not a year from now, not eight years from now, nine years from now. It's irrelevant. Except insofar as that they then may be a heartbeat away from the presidency if Joe Biden becomes elected. So then it just comes down to whether they would be even worse than Joe. (laughs) That's all. It's not whether they would be good. It's just whether they would be even worse than Joe Biden. But, last go-round, last presidential go-round, presidential election, I had to figuratively hold my nose and vote for the incumbent. Because the alternative was, in essence, in essence, to be voting for Hillary evil, Rodham Clinton. (laughs) So that was an impossibility, and the only choice was to vote for Donald Trump Sr. Despite what I knew in the core of my being concerning him and had been saying since he cast his hat in the ring, and began his run for president. Now, Kaylee McEnany, of course, she's thrilled and delighted and honored and what have you to be the new press secretary at the White House. Even as she was thrilled and delighted and honored to be given that capacity with the reelection campaign. And so it is with so many. Oh, they're so delighted to get to have one of these juicy positions serving such outstanding people of honor and integrity. I <laughs> well, uh, they, but reminds me of Hope Hicks. Poor Hope Hicks. Uh, and, and all like her, may they... Wise up, but this United States of America, where is it? Where is it going? Hmm. Joe Biden, he may tap Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris, to be his VP. Such an outstanding woman of integrity she rushed to perform a so-called marriage service for sodomites immediately after the U.S. abominable Supreme Court passed that decision that it shall ever live in infamy for, as did Supreme Court Justice great-grandmotherly Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yes. Yes. President then, Barack Hussein Obama, said, we're proud of you guys, concerning the sodomites that were the poster boys for that case. And Joe Biden has seconded that time and again. Well, this nation, it's facing a challenge right now, as is the free world, as is the rest of the world, from this coronavirus, coronavirus, COVID-19, call it what you will, pandemic. But basically, we haven't seen anything yet. Even though many people have perished, we haven't seen anything yet. As far as these great measures, just let's lock the nation down. Let's see to it that if the pandemic doesn't do in the United States of America, (laughs) the depression that we will create will. Among my ancestors, there were a number of them, who risked their lives every day that they went to work. From the time they were boys, working in mines, working in logging, working in very dangerous occupations, working in farming, You might think, oh, that's not dangerous. (laughs) Oh, really? But here we're going to have these brilliant bureaucrats in charge, governing by fiat, by executive order, and being petty little dictators, petty little fiefdom directors in charge of people's lives. It's a glorious thing. What will they do when tough times come? Because they're coming. Much tougher than we have seen. This is just setting the stage for what's coming. When a whole crew of new world leaders rise, ones who have not been heard from before, and take over, and submit to one world ruler. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. Thank you.